Welcome to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb, heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. on 1490 AM, WWPR. And now, here's Chuck and Deb. I am Chuck. And Deb. And welcome to Biker Life Radio. We're so truly grateful and thankful that you've joined us today. We have a very unique show lined up just for you. Biker Life Radio is for those who are inspired to ride and those who inspire others to ride. We are here to reveal the truth behind the motorcycle mystique and bring real-life stories that will help you discover your purpose, achieve true freedom, and define your destiny. All right, and we have some sponsors we'd like to acknowledge. Today's show sponsor is Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. If you are ready to crank up your engines, put your chins in the wind, knees in the breeze and seats in the saddle then let's get rolling let's kick start the show get things revved up where are we headed deb as you mentioned we do have a unique show so i'm going to twist it all up from the very beginning we're going to start with a couple of events well go right ahead okay bring it on deb so tomorrow night we will actually be at west coast florida riders bike night at stottlemyer smokehouse right off of fruitville road i we haven't been there in a few months so i'm excited that we're going to be there if you have not attended you have got to come out if you're part of the west coast florida riders you have got to come out if you are part of any motorcycling culture whatsoever it doesn't matter what you ride two wheels three wheels you've got to come out and while you're there you're going to have some great entertainment but be sure and stop by and visit Chuck and Deb, and we're going to have a very special guest with us, our raw and unapologetic counterpart, Dutch Van Alston. Yep, and Dutch is going to have his uh, motorcycle Fred out there and his shovel head as well, and I think I'm riding the shovel head out. I, I don't know. He seems to be, maybe be wavering on that. Well, I guess it all just depends if I can kickstart it. I think that's it. If you can start it, then you can ride it. This kind of his philosophy. So you got to fess up and like buck it All up, right. man. I've Be done tough. it once before. Now I just got to get tough and do it again this time. Yeah, we're looking forward to see our, seeing our West Coast Florida riders, brothers and sisters, yes. and uh, meeting some new folks as well. It has been a while, so we're looking forward to get back out there, having a great time. It's going to be a good time, so we're inviting you all to come out and join us at the West Coast Florida Riders Bike Night at Stottlemyers. Okay? Absolutely. So that kicks it off. And then as we roll into February, we've got a major announcement. We've talked a a little bit about Thunder by the Bay. Yes. That's a very exciting local event, three-day festival full of music, motorcycles, and mayhem. And mayhem. Uh, well, I guess right. we'll be the mayhem <laughs> this time, though, because we will actually be there along yes. with Dutch, and we are super stoked about that, too. So I think that's going to be a great time. And one thing that I love about what Thunder by the Bay does is actually all of the proceeds, and it goes toward the Suncoast Charities for Children. So it is a huge mega a fundraiser. I know they have a clay shooting tournament. They have the bike show that they do. They've got all sorts of things all weekend long, plus way before that, um, a big uh, fundraising party prior to, and it is just a great time for motorcyclists to come out, come visit our local area, and visit Thunder by the Bay. It really is a huge event, and it's always a good time. And, you know, what's been, what's been neat about this event over the last couple of years, since Sarasota hasn't allowed us downtown anymore, is the events are sort of opened up more at least it seems more what i mean by that is all walks of life <laughs> i don't know if that's the right terminology i know but don't not be... just motorcyclists come to this anymore actually there's family that's out there they've got the bands the entertainments and the different things so it's just more of an open atmosphere that anybody can come and i remember last year you know we we saw people that you know don't ride a lot of people sure. that didn't ride actually came out to the event as well so if you're not a rider if you're not a biker hey feel free to come on out it's going to be a great time if you've never been to a bike event there's no better bike event in the local area for you to come and check out and it's a festival just to come out and help support the suncoast charities for children exactly so it's it a all great goes to way a great cause absolutely really right cause. so again and i love it when we're out meeting people you oftentimes even if they're not a biker is you know come out and see what it's all about because i think that's how we really have the opportunity to start to break down that culture or the mystique of motorcycling or biking and you you know, as we continue to discover, there are a whole plethora of different types of riders and bikes, mo bikers out there in the community. 
So be sure to put it on your calendar February 14th through the 16th at the Sarasota Fairgrounds. And we would love to have you come by, say hello. We'd love to meet you. And we're going to have lots of fun stuff happening at our location. So you do not want to miss it. All right, Deb, let's shift gears uh, if we can. Is that all right? Yes. All right. I'm not sure if our listeners have heard about, maybe some of them have, about the show, The Family Feud, and what took place on that. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) So you're aware of it. So what should we do now? Should we play a clip from that? Yeah, no, I want to kind of set it up a little bit before they hear what happened. Now, those that may be familiar with Family Feud, obviously there are two families that are feuding for a grand prize and you've got to answer all of these random crazy questions and know the answers to. So these two families that came down to one question to be the big $10,000 winner. And, you know, the the other thing I never understood about this, but they just kind of go in order by line of the person that's supposed to come up and answer. So on the big, big question, you don't really even know who's going to get chosen to come up and answer the question. And the big question in this case was $10,000. $10,000. It was huge. It was like for the whole enchilada. Yeah. So with that, Eve from the Dubois family was called up against Logan from the Tomlin family. And I think here is where you might want to just play the clip for right, everybody. So listen real close. We'll come back and we'll see if you caught it. There's one question, only one answer. Whoever gets it, you're playing for $10,000. That's it. Whoever guesses this wins the game. Here we go. Name Popeye's favorite food. Spinach, Sherry. All right, well, there you have it. Um, Hopefully, it came across good over the radio. But she was just so excited oh, yes. that she knew for a fact that she was that little dance. She was doing a little dance around. Yes. We've got the uh, video posted on our page, uh, Biker Life Radio page. So check that out on Facebook. But she does this little uh, dance of full of excitement that she is the winner. She's won. She's confident. She, there's no, no doubt, doubt in, her in her mind. That's right. And then she comes to find out. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> oh, my no, it was gosh. Popeye. <laughs> Yeah. Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Spinach. That's what the right answer right. is. Correct. So it was just hilarious. But the, the nice part, the ending to this story, and why are we talking about this? I don't know, just because it's fun. It, it was entertaining to me, and I'm not sure that everybody caught the story, so I wanted to make sure that we got it out. Because the neat ending here is, even though she sort of made a really big fool of herself, and uh, Deb, you haven't said anything. No. She's, she, you know, she, I think she tried to blame it on the fact that she's blonde, but I'm like, okay. Why there do you are think some, that? Hold on, hold on. She pointed to her hair over at her family at the end. Did oh, you not you know, catch and that? Listen to this. If I'm anybody like, knows oh. Deb, what is the first thing Deb always says? Oh, I'm blonde. blonde. So now she's making fun of the blonde. No, I'm not making fun of her. I saw her actions. And that may be, if I totally fouled something up, I may like you brush prob- it off on my would. blonde excuse you, 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 you too. Would. So I probably would. So <laughs> she did, you know, sort of make a fool out of herself, but it was all really sort of fun. And isn't funny. that what the game's all about anyway? I and think isn't so. that what writing is all about in life? We got to have as much fun as possible. So she made the best of it. And actually, Popeyes, the yep. restaurant, actually gave her $10,000 worth For of Popeyes. Yep. Now, I know Dutch is going to be all over that. I'm I think sure. he's probably already calling her up on the phone. Probably Speak, asking her for Dutch. a date or something, I bet. Yeah, I'm pretty certain of it. <laughs> Speaking on that, a Dutch, it is now for us to go to the raw and unapologetic segment. But tell them a little bit about Dutch first, Deb. Dutch Van Alsten is the author of Demons Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout, book number one in the Life Behind Bars book series. Let's go ahead and get started. Here's Dutch with Raw and Unapologetic. Take it away, Dutch. Greetings from the sound studios known as Dutch's Man Cave, located in the sun coast of Florida. As stated, I am Dutch Van Alston. I am the author of Demons Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout, book number one in the Life Behind Bars book series. And I am raw and unapologetic. Ooh, I'm getting so good at that. And I am also the author of the soon-to-be-published book number two of the Life Behind Bars book series, Rebellious Youth, The Story of the Lost Child. I am a bit sour on life right now, 
I took Fred out for my uh, weekly Saturday breakfast ride, and and that's the Flintstone Harley, by the way. I don't mean I had breakfast with some douchebag named Fred. I uh, actually had breakfast with uh, my friend Chris Everett, and uh, I, not that he's a douchebag. I mean, he's a nice guy. Oh, hell, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm off to a great start, aren't I? I, I really am <laughs> having a bit of a difficult day today already. I'm cranky and kind of pissed at the world today. Uh, even my anger management teacher like ran out of the room crying last week. I felt bad for her, but hey, that's what she gets. She knew what she signed up for. She knew the risks. Um, the diet I was trying ever so hard to go on since New Year's is uh, not going well. I went to the doctor and he was hoping, I, I should say, I was hoping he would uh, be able to help. And he said to me, among other things, uh, uh, with this thick accent that I could barely understand, stop eating anything fatty. I'm like, yeah, really? No kidding? I mean, did they teach you this in medical school and uh, <clears throat> wherever it is you come from? So he replied back to me a little tersely. Uh, I went to Florida State University College of Medicine. Thought, okay, smart ass, I thought to myself. So then I did say to him, and, and that's your advice, seriously, don't eat anything fatty. No kidding. Like burgers, bacon, stuff like that. Seriously? Like I didn't know that? And he shook his head and said, you know, there is kind of a language barrier. No, you, you don't understand. I, I didn't say don't eat anything fatty. I said, don't eat anything fatty. Oh, okay. Well, there's a there's an onion in the ointment. <laughs> now, now I gotcha. Uh, needless to say, I've been packing my delicious lunch ever since and enjoying it ever so much. Did that that sound legit? Let me check. <clears throat> Let me try again. My delicious lunch that I enjoy ever so much. And anyway, that's my problem, not yours. Food has always been a source of comfort for me. Even though I got this cool, badass name like Dutch, the truth is I am more Italian than anything else. And the food culture in my house was, I mean, holy that, Italian. I grew up uh, and out under the auspices of feeling happy, celebrate with meatballs. Feeling angry? Have some lasagna and bread. Feeling sad? Have all of the above times three. If there's, I mean, if there's one thing true about me, it is that I am a mixed bag of emotions, and uh, my friend Chef Boyardee has been very grateful for this over the past half century. But anyway, this whole conversation started out with me discussing the Flintstone Harley, and I was uh, angry. <laughs> Hold on, let me, let me Google the thesaurus for a better word. Uh, annoyed, nah, it's worse than that. Up, upset, eh, it's a little bit too lifetimey for me. Cross, cross, really? That word even used anymore? Dutch, I'm cross with you. I heard you were banging my sister again. Nah, nobody says that. Okay, um, oh, oh no, that sounds too much like you, Samity Sam. Oh, hell, let's just stick with pissed. All right, I'm pissed. I'm pissed due to the fact. My back is killing me from Fred's inferior suspension. And I ran over a pothole in Sarasota and I woke up in just horrible pain. And uh, it's just been it, it, dragging on all week. So I'm I'm not in a great mood. And Bubbles is off today, so I'm doing all of her work too. Uh, she, <laughs> she took the day off to go see a fortune teller. She met this uh, woman at some local carnival and when she guessed Bubbles' weight spot on, uh, Bubbles now thinks she's got the special powers to see the future and speak to the dead. Bubbles says David Cassidy's speaking to her from beyond the grave, telling her, I think I love you. And I told her she just needs to stop watching uh, MTV when she falls asleep. I mean, no biggie. I mean, she has a few vacation days left to use. But this kind of segues into what I wanted to discuss today, which is biker chicks and all that kind of stuff. A friend of mine I know, he's got a crush on Bubbles, and he's asking me about it, and he said that, she was a beautiful biker chick lady, and he wanted me to agree with him. And I told him, no, no, she is not a beautiful biker chick. And of course, he said I was crazy. I agreed. Uh, then I told him, so do many mental health professionals, several ex-girlfriends, neighbors, former employees, the deli manager at Winn-Dixie, uh, the owner of the Discount Liquors in Tampa, and the one in Rochester, I believe. Uh, a stranger sitting at McDonald's and her son. Um, there was a local code enforcement inspector and two different parish priests over the years who just 
threw holy water, holy water on me, just screaming, you know, burn, psycho, burn! Get the hell out of here! Hey, hey, don't ask me, how have you sinned, my son, in the confessional booth anymore then, Padre, okay? Get a different job. One that has Sundays off. Uh, but, oh, um, bubbles. Uh, beautiful. Um, no. No. So, to prove his point, he showed me a picture of her in this leather bustier and these fiery red shorts sitting on a, an old pan head and this badass hat. And yes, well, she looks hot. She looks sexy. She looks pretty. She looks foxy. She looks sensual. She looks erotic. She looks racy. She looks spicy. I mean, can you tell I still have the Google thesaurus out? Hmm? She looks stimulating. Now that word came straight from here. I, I keep forgetting. This is radio. You can't see where I'm pointing, but that's probably uh, just as well, though. But yes, Bubbles. She's all those things. But do you know what else she is? Although I'm sure she's of legal age, in case that lunatic sheriff Judd from Polk County is listening... But she is also under 50. No, not her height. Not her weight. Not her IQ. Well, no. Probably not. Uh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, when I say... <laughs> I'm getting off track here. When I say she's under 50, I mean her age. You see, I have a theory. Eh, it's, it's, it's more like a belief. I truly believe, and, and this is there's no jest here. I know I, I joke around a lot, but there's no jest. Seriously, none at all. I sincerely believe no woman can be beautiful until she turns at least 50. And I don't mean any woman after 50. I mean, none, uh, none can earn that title until they are at least 50. You see, women in their 20s and 30s and throughout their 40s and all that kind of stuff, they can still count on their provocative nature and fix their makeup just so and hang those little tatas out in the tight shirt, you know, flash that belly ring, you know, and that carefully placed tattoo in the eyes of you. Flash that sexy blang. I hate that word. Um, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, hell yes, bring it on. Women in that age bracket can pull that off much easier because... Let's face facts, okay? I'm not trying to insult anybody. Age wears things. It wears people. I am living proof. I went from a devilishly handsome young man to, well, this. I mean, am I making sense? I mean, how hard is it? No, no pun intended, so get your mind out of the gutter. Um, but how hard is it for women in that age bracket, to shake their money makers out on the dance floor and make men go, duh, girl, birdie, duh, here's my money and here's my house, duh. I mean, it's not a difficult task. Some of us men, some, can be a bit shallow in that area. We attribute youth and beauty together like crimson and clover. Crimson clover? Where the hell did I get that from? Um, like Jack and Coke. Spaghetti and meatballs. One naturally goes with the other. But I don't agree with that. I, I don't. Women under 40 can be sexy and alluring and all that, but to be beautiful? No. No. That's something reserved for our ladies who have hit the half-century mark. By then, your personality is fully developed. You are who you are. You don't worry as much about the crow's feet, the drooping a bit, or that not as perky and tight as it once was, and the, just the way the women carry themselves after 50 becomes more relevant. I've seen pretty women over 50 whose personality was such that they became ugly on the outside, so it works the opposite. I had a friend recently who I've known since she was 12. She's over 50 now. And she called me about trouble she was having with her boyfriend. And I'm always that guy. I'm getting tired of that. You know, I, uh, oh, you have a master's degree and you're, in, 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 and you're a counselor? Fix this! Fix this for me! Uh, but anyway, she's, I mean, she's a highly educated woman herself. She has a master's degree in chemical engineering. She works for a very prominent chemical company in uh, Delaware. Uh, she met a guy online who lived in a homeless shelter. Now, before you go back crazy left-winger on me and talk about how homeless people are just like everybody else, I, I, it, stop. 
He is the victim here. She picked this guy, in my educated opinion, because every guy leaves her because she is unbearable. She picked the guy who is much less likely to leave because, well, where will he go? I mean, she tried to tell me that thing she was having trouble because, <laughs> you ready for this? He wouldn't follow her directives and how things should be run at home. Those are her words. She tried to manipulate the facts and say she was uh, pre-genetically disposed to behave this way. Now, that's a crock, okay? She was trying to make it so he couldn't argue with her since it was all her fault, or it wasn't her fault, so he needed to just kind of obey. You know, I, I, I felt bad for this guy. I really did. Um, I mean, she's using him, clearly. She has absolutely no respect for him at all, only herself. That's narcissism 101. I mean, she is as worthless as the G in lasagna. She really is. I never understood why anybody wants a partner who just submits to their will anyway. I mean, if I was meant to be controlled, I would have came with a remote and some instructions. Um, but she really became an ugly woman because she was a pretty woman. And I've known her, like I said, since she was 12. And now I can say she's an ugly woman from the inside out. And it, and it, and it carries out to her outward appearance now. Uh, I think once you hit 50, this is the new measurement. To see a nifty 50-year-old throw her leg over the bike with confidence and roar away with a smile... Or if they're content being a bob, and I have no problem with that, and just sit on the back like she owns the world, maybe grab her old man by his shifter occasionally and smile. I mean, that's a desirable woman. There's just something about a woman over 50 who can still hoof it on the dance floor, wear that leather halter top, but here it is. Here's the key. But is no longer identified by that. I mean, guys, if you can wake up in the middle of the night, look over at Miss Nifty 50 or 60, etc., with no makeup, no sexy clothes, hair a mess, probably with a tad of drool coming out of her mouth, but she's still a goddess, and you can still smile, and your one-eyed soldier stands at attention, ready for push-ups, then you have a natural splendor, a beautiful woman. A beautiful biker chick. No added ingredients. Just who she is and where she is. She's next to you, fella. Wake her up and rock her world. And then you can blame her because you can just say, Babe, you're just so damn beautiful. Let me tell you something. Youth disappears, but beauty never does. But that's just one guy's opinion. Okay, I rambled incessantly today, didn't I? I uh, don't feel like there's enough time to read a letter this week. I will save it for next week. And please, if you want your question read on the air, private message me at my website, uh, www.dutchvanalston.com, or let my bartender know something. Just get your message to me, and I will send you an autographed copy of my book. Uh, don't forget to hit like on my Life Behind Bars book series Facebook page. Uh, also, Chuck and Deb's page on Biker Life Radio. Give that a couple of likes. Pretend it's Florida and just overvote. Uh, I, along with the dynamic duo radio of Chuck and Deb, will be at Stottlemyre's Barbecue in Sarasota on January 16th, starting at 6. That's tomorrow, by the way, folks. Come say hello to us. Buy me a drink. Uh, I will have my first book, Demons Rising, there. Buy me a drink. Uh, I will also have the well-known and mentioned in jest on page 177 of my book, The Flintstone Harley, The Backbreaker. Uh, buy me a drink. Also, I will have my Pride and Joy 1975 Shovelhead. I'll have to ride that one because Chuck can't start it. Well, maybe he can. Now, come on down. See for yourself. And uh, buy me a drink. And my good friend, uh, Jesse James, the owner of the Ride Hard Saloon, uh, as mentioned on page 221 in my book as well. And he's going to be featured in a great scene in book number two, Rebellious Youth. Uh, he was nice enough to have invited me to set up for a book signing February 1st at the Ride Hard Saloon in Bradenton from uh, 4 to 8. That's uh, p.m., kids. Uh, we discussed my fee, and I insisted on the uh, $500 and an open bar tab for me all night and two guests of my choosing. Uh, Jesse mulled it over. Uh, he nodded a few times contemplatively and 
counteroffered with zero fee and no open bar. So I, I could see he was going to be a tough negotiator, so I countered with, uh, how about one uh, salting cracker and one free play on the jukebox? But he was he was pretty set on that zero figure all around, as was uh, his better half, Tracy. So I stopped negotiating before I had to like pay for the bathroom privileges or to park. Uh, but for real, I, I truly appreciate the opportunity. I, I love the ride hard. I really do. I, I'm telling you, for those of you who've never been there, it screams authentic. Uh, if Kurt Sutter came to uh, town wanting to film a biker bar scene on location, and he'd come to Florida and do that at the Ride Hard. So be there, join the fun, and buy me a drink. Buy my book, and then buy me another drink. Until next week, folks, remember, if you ever have to act out the name of a city in charades... Make sure it's not Bangkok. And from my faulty brain to your ears, this is Yabba Dabba Dutch signing off. Don't miss the 22nd annual Thunder by the Bay Music and Motorcycle Festival, February 14th through 16th at the Sarasota Fairground. Presented by Rossiter's Harley-Davidson and SNS Motorsports. Bring your lawn chair and enjoy continuous live music featuring Warrant. On February 15th, enjoy over 100 vendors, two bike shows, freestyle acts, a craft beer garden, and more. Admission's just $5, 12 and under free. VIP and three-day festival passes are available. Proceeds benefit Suncoast Charities for Children. For tickets and more information, visit thunderbythebay.org. I'd like to introduce to you Brian Hill, which is a very, very special humanistic astrologer that has been helping clients for the past 25 years. Now, you'll hear a little bit about his story, but like right now, what I'd like to do is get him on the phone so we can have an enlightening and star-studded conversation. We are all revved up today because we have once more been so graciously joined by the one, the only Brian Hill. And, you know, I know as... As we all get through this year, and when we all think about questions, you know, if you could just ask the crystal ball anything, one that typically I hear even from friends is, you know, will this love life, will this relationship, am I in the best marriage? All those questions around love seem to come up over and over and over again. And Brian, I'm sure that you hear that as well. And so as we begin to look on the horizon toward Valentine's Day, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that concept of, am I the right person? How do I find the right love match and all of that great stuff regarding relationship? And by the way, thank you for being with us. Oh, you're most welcome. I truly like you guys. So you can have me anytime you want. How's that? Great. <laughs> that's a that's a good deal. Yeah, what what we had you're absolutely right, Deb. The number one question, like when I go on radios or or radio shows like yours, etc., or wherever it is, who am I compatible with? That's that that's the quite number one question all the time. And it's not a simple answer, you know. And what what we've agreed to do, if I understand correctly, is between now and uh, February 14th, the big V day, the Valentine's Day, uh, we're going to have a discussion on how to better understand relationships, an astrological look at love and relationships. So, you know, uh, we're going to try to clear up a lot of things because I've done, I don't know how many, literally thousands of, of charts and readings and all, all different types. So what I just like to do is share with you some of the information I learned to make to make it uh, a better life for everybody that's living it. That's all. But when we look at love and relationships, what what everybody looks at from an astrological point of view is what sign am I compatible with, you know, and what, and what they're talking about is their sun sign. Just about, I've only met, I was just going to say something. I've only met one person who did not have a clue what their sun sign was, Mm. right? Uh, But everybody else seems to know what their sun sign. They look in the newspapers or whatever they do, because that's what, that's how the mass populace understands what astrology is. And it's like, um, there's good parts to sun sign astrology, meaning it keeps astrology in, in, in the public eye, but it's sort of like sugar and sugars in the public eye too. But, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to eat too much of it and astrology, sun sign astrology, you want to use a little bit of it. So what I want to say is that sun sign astrology 
what sign am I compatible with is part mm-hmm. of looking at the compatibility of the relationship. It's not the whole thing. In fact, it's only one small part in the thing. And what we'll do in, in, the, in the coming shows is explain as many different parts as you, you can get in the process of this thing. Like I, when somebody asks me again, what, what sun, sun sign am I compatible with? I, I usually move them over to the moon. All right. And I look at the moons first. The, the moon, the, everybody has a moon sign. Everybody has a sun sign. The moon was in a certain place in the sky. And by understanding what sign your moon is in, it gives you a breadth of information, a depth of information about your subconscious mind, your unconscious mind, the emotions deep, deep down inside of you. Right. And that's where most of our living takes place. Most of our living takes place from an unconscious point of view. So I first want to see what, what moon signs are compatible. Because when, when they are, then we have a better chance of having a successful relationship. And so the moon you, signs, when they, go ahead, Deb. I'm sorry. Can you go give us some examples of really, you know, what you're talking about moon signs? What would be some likely compatible moon signs that you have had the experience of, you know, dealing well, with it? Well, Thank you. Yeah, well, if if some it's it's just it's similar to a sun sign. What you know, what sun sign I compatible with? The moon sign is compatible. So if you look at if if somebody has a a moon sign in fire, there are four elements in astrology. There's earth, wind, earth, air, fire, and water. And some of these things are compatible, and some of them are not. Like if somebody has a moon sign in Aries, all right. Then and the other person has a moon sign in Aries. They're very similar. If somebody has a moon sign in Aries and there's a another person has a moon sign in Sagittarius, they're both fire signs. So they they blend easily. How their emotions are. If somebody has the uh, sun a moon sign in Aries and another person has a Leo moon sign, it's also fire energy and it makes it it makes it more compatible and easier to deal with. But if you have somebody for instance, has a moon sign in Virgo and the other person has a moon sign in Pisces, you can forget about it because they have vastly different emotions. Well, most people wouldn't have a clue uh, as far as their moon sign in most cases. Is that true? They know their sun sign. Yes. But moon most signs people, so much. Most people, most people don't even know they have a moon sign. Absolutely right. Okay. Absolutely right. And the and the way you could figure it out, an easy way to figure it out is call an astrologer or, or, or there's a number of ways to do it. And we'll figure out all this stuff. You see, part of what we do right now is educate people in order for them to be able to use it. And this is where I, where I will go for the next four weeks, understanding it. I just want to uh, want people to understand the basis of how re- relationships really work. We have a subconscious. The other person has the subconscious. If they're not compatible, then we're in trouble, no matter what the sun sign says. Mm. We have a communication style. How many times have you met people that you just couldn't communicate with? Yeah, well, Mercury is that. the <laughs> right? Mercury, Mer- Mercury is the planet of communication. Planets rule or, or they're associated with actions. Mercury says, I think, I communicate. So if people have different moon signs and they're not compatible, it's like oil and water trying to communicate. I'll run through these rough, right? Venus. Venus is about love. We all probably get a handle on that one, right? Venus. So we, each one of us, everybody listen, has their love style. So if you're with someone with a different love style, and what a love style is, is how we give love. Some people are very nurturing. They, 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 they have a Venus in, in cancer and they're very nurturing, right? That's how they love. Well, they want to, love, want to be loved back the same way, right? If, they have a, if their love style, the love style is in, in, in an air sign and the other person's in a, in a water sign and the person who loves the person in the water sign just keeps telling them I'm loving you, the water sign doesn't, doesn't feel what it's going on. I think I said this the last time. Suppose 
suppose Chuck, you, it's not suppose, Chuck, you love Deb, right? And, and <laughs> just suppose that, that, let's suppose that. that <laughs> well, you've been together 156 years, so it's a good assumption. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So you, you love steak. I mean, I don't know whether you do. I think you do, but you, you love steak. You really, really love steak. So you really love Deb. So you go all around the world looking for the best steak to give her because you want the best meat for your bride. Right. And then one day you look over and Deb's starving to death, you know, and you wonder what's going on. I give you the best steak. And then she, she meekly says, I'm a vegetarian. Mm. Right. Her love style is a vegetarian love style. Your style is the meat. So being the, being the brilliant guy you are and, and how much you love her, you say, okay, I'm going to jump on this. I'm going to get, organic veggies from all over the world for you. And a love style is like that. People say, I don't know, I just want to be loved. Well, if you don't know what your love style is, then you have a, a real gamblish chance of finding it. If I can kind of pipe in here, I think the, the sometimes the challenge in relationships is that your lifestyle, your love style is what just exactly you said, is you're trying to express that love style to someone and that may not be their style. So it, you, in order for a relationship to truly work, and I, you know, I have to say for long term, because we've been married, like you said, 150 years, <laughs> is that, you know, I have to love him the way he wants to be loved, not the way I want to be loved. And, and sometimes you just don't realize there's that disconnect because we know what right. makes us happy and that's all that we can focus on is trying to give that to the other person in the relationship. Yes, absolutely. Perfectly said. Absolutely. And there's, there's, there's another element to it is that uh, the, the physical components of this thing, you know, the physical components, if we bring Venus to feminine and Mars, the masculine, you know, that book a long time ago, women are from Venus, men are from Mars or vice versa, whatever it was. You, You have Venus, Venus and Mars come together. And we have different physical, by physical, I mean sexual. We have different sexual styles. So if they're not compatible, you know, th- then, we're, then that relationship's going to have tough sledding. And there's, right. there's one other thing. I mean, there's, this is a very complicated thing. Um, there's, one, uh, there's one other thing to look at. How many times do you meet somebody and you get an impression of them? And then after you know them for a while, they're not at all like that impression. <laughs> so true. Well, there's, yeah. a, there's, there's, there's a thing in astrology called the rising sign. And the rising sign is the first sign coming up over the eastern horizon when we're born. So it's like our mask. It's, our, it's our, what we show the world first. So we might, we might meet somebody that they're happy and outgoing and you know, real positive meaning that they have a Sagittarius rising sign. But then when you get to know them, that mass comes in, comes down, and all of a sudden you see this Tao, somber, negative person. Mm. So what, what I've said many times, we date the rising sign, but we marry the sun sign and the moon sign. Because how many people, after they get married, it takes a while, and then the other person, who are you? Where did you come from? <laughs> you know, what happened to the person I thought I was marrying? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if we start to look at this um, in, in a way, astrologically, there's, everybody has a birth chart. We talked about that. So what I'm able to do is take birth, two birth charts, and that's a, a list of where all the planets are, and look at what each person brings the relationship. And then there's a chart. It's called the composite chart. I make a chart of the relationship. And this really, I'm going to tell you, it's really on the money. You know, what, what I see is what you get, right? And I could give you endless stories where people didn't pay attention to it, and they wound up in divorce courts and, and yelling at each other and everything like that. So to understand a relationship, what you said, Deb, opening, opening up the show was, first, first we want to understand ourselves, and mm-hmm. our needs, you know, it's, it's like going shopping for clothes. What, what, what size shoe you take? What size dress you take? Well, what's your, what, what's your subconscious style? What's your style in your communication? What's your love style? How do you like to, to, to play in the bedroom, you know, or don't you like to play? 
You know, mm-hmm. it's, how many times do we meet some? And in the dating life, you'll go out and, and people experience this. You know, you you go out on a date and communication's really good, but there's no chemistry, mm-hmm. or or. Uh, the chemistry is really good, but the other person seems to be dumb as rock. You know, <laughs> there's no communication going on. Right. You know, and what ast- what astrology helps you do is to see what you get. First, it helps you understand who you are, right? And then it helps you understand what you're getting. My clients, I tell my clients, now these are my clients, these are just not anybody. Right. I tell them when they go out there and they think they've met somebody, let's let's run and take a look at the charts and see if it's compatible. Mm-hmm. Let's see if you want to go forward with it. I had a story of um, I, I had a woman client and she was already a client and she and she brings she meets this guy that she's playing racquetball with and she's head over heels with what's going on. Right. And so I look at the chart and what I'm seeing on this chart and I try to explain to her where the pitfalls of this thing is, where the stumbling blocks are. And she did not want to hear it. That mm-hmm. was raining on her parade. Well, they don't they don't pay me to bring the sun out on that parade. They pay me to, to have the truth, you know. Yeah. So she leaves. She goes. She's not happy. About a couple months later, literally, it wasn't a long time. Maybe it was four months. Right. I get an invitation to the wedding and I, I've never met the, the groom and I go to the wedding and, and I'm there at the reception and I'm looking at the two of them and watching and in my head, I'm figuring out how could they make this work? You know, I'm mm-hmm. concerned for them. So a few months after that, I get a phone call. Can we come in and see you? I said, okay, let's go. So they came in. This is the first time I met him. And I, their problems were the exact problems that I explained to her were going to show up. Mm-hmm. And I'm explaining to them how to work with these problems. And she still didn't want to hear it. But he just met him. He, he's understanding. He's hearing what I'm saying. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I said what I was going to say. The meeting was over. And they, they left. Well, a few months after that, I get on back-to-back days, right? I get phone calls, one from her, one from him, that they're getting divorced. Oh, Jesus. I've never, never, she's never come back to me, right? Mm -hmm. And he comes in a few months after this, because marriage wasn't a long time. It's like a long date for them, right? (laughs) Months go by, and he says, I'm back and I'm starting to, you know, go out into the world again. And, and I'm, and I know these three women that I like, and, you know, can I come in and talk to you about them? And he came in and I said, don't tell me their names, just give me their birthdays. And he knew them. And I ran the three charts and I looked at them for a while. Let's just call it ABC. And I said, this is the type of relationship that you'll have with this woman, meaning it could be real fun, intellectual, light, stimulating mentally. Right. This is one where you you get your emotions in here. And this is one where you really could just have a real romp in the egg kind of deal with it. This is what you're feeling. And we talked a little bit more about him. And he says, that's exactly what each one of them brings to me in the table. You know, one was communicated, one was emotions, etc. And so we talked a little bit more and he and he wrote me a check for the session paid for me. And then he wrote me a bigger check. He gave me a bigger check for it. And I said, what's this for? And he said to me, you're a whole lot quicker and a whole lot cheaper than going out on these dates and spending a whole lot more money. He says, I just want to know what I'm dealing with it up front. True story. True. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I think that that is a great place to leave everyone hanging (laughs) for the next show. All right. As always, time has come. Unfortunately. (laughs) But Brian, we appreciate it. We look forward to the next Next week. week, Are you talking about Venus? What I love. (laughs) You got it. All All right. right. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Well, that was very interesting, wasn't it? Always a great conversation when we talk to Brian. No so doubt. if you'd like to dig a little bit deeper for yourself and that intrigued you, would not wait until next week. You can certainly reach out to Brian at brianahill.com. You can reach him by email at bhwhale, W-H-A-L-E at yahoo.com or by text at area code 941-320-7090. You know, the weather, Deb, has been just outstanding. Phenomenal. It's been just beautiful here for the weather in January. I mean, you're talking about 80 degrees. I We've know. been in an 80-degree weather. It's been wonderful. Absolutely right. And, you know, I, I feel bad because so much of the country is just getting clobbered by winter. And, they, you know, people call us, check in with us. And I'm like, oh, gosh, it's beautiful. We're going for a motorcycle ride. And they're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> really? We're like dealing with eight consecutive days of snow or whatever my sister told me. So craziness stuff. Um, but we went out. We did get a ride in on Sunday, and I was coaching. So there was a lot of great things from just my class alone. I could probably talk about that well, for hours. Since you brought it up, talk about your class a little well, bit. Well, this particular class, I was great. It was a full class of six, and I had four ladies in my class. So first night, man, that had me stoked. I was pretty excited. And there was they were a pretty good range of women. It wasn't all one specific category. And they all really had... Yeah, I, I I just put my hand up. So Deb decides to stop talking. I would finish your sentence, of course. But what I'm saying, what I wanted to say is, is we might have some listeners, but that might not know what you're talking about. Okay. So you need to tell them what you do and I, what we're talking about here. I forget. I just get started yeah. and get excited. So um, I am a writer coach for Harley Davidson. So I teach the basic writers course, and that's what I was out doing this weekend. And that is a requirement in order to get your endorsement. And so the one thing I like to ask as we're getting started in the class. Is is why you're there. Because, you know, there are lots of, obviously, we all have to do that in order to get our license these days. But many times, there's a much bigger reason behind it. And as I found out with this class, even for the two gentlemen that were in the class, it was a much bigger reason than just getting your endorsement, except for one. And she said, I can only tell you that it is only to get my license. So okay. that kind of threw me for a loop. So, and so she just wanted to have the license to say I have a motorcycle license? No, she had she had been a rider in another state and years ago and an accident happened and she didn't get back on and now she was ready to get back on she had moved to florida from another state didn't have her endorsement any longer and let it go so therefore now she did and then she so you know when i get that then it kind of i get a little apprehensive as a rider coach because they rode for a long time they know what they're doing and that's when they come in with that mindset it's a little challenging for me at times but she what mindset the mindset of they already know know all there is to know about riding because she had taken long trips and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's a little bit of a resistance to learning some new techniques and tips. I wouldn't say that applied to me. I already knew everything. Of course you did. And and I would say that that was true. However, you know, yeah. the, what, again, just not, it's not about me, the rider coach. It's all about the program. And so Motorcycle Safety Foundation has done an amazing job. And at the end of the course, she said, thank you so much. I learned many things that I had never learned by just being taught on the road. Well, that's fantastic. That is. And so I, I give that to the program 110%. And you just think about so many people out out there across the whole entire United States that never have an opportunity to take a course, and they miss that chance to really learn some good, safe techniques as a rider. You know, let's talk about that a second. Something just popped up in my head. You know, motorcycle riding can be a lot more than people think it is. Yes. You know, just by taking the motorcycle course, what do you call it? Uh, basic rider's course. Taking the basic rider's course in and of itself can actually help your self-esteem. It could boost your confidence. It could do a lot of things that you probably may not know that it could do. And especially when you pass the class. And if you don't pass it the first time, take it the second time. Take it until you pass it. Correct. Take it until you master it. But the whole point is, is while I'm hearing you talk, I'm talking, to, I'm thinking to myself about how much people can learn and apply what they learn by riding a motorcycle in their everyday life. I totally agree 110%. There is so much more than just the getting on that motorcycle that people just don't 
don't understand until you're there. I mean, there you have to consider it. You know, very few people really ride motorcycles. Yeah, that's true. So you would be in a small percentage of a, a very elite group of people. Yes, a unique <laughs> breed we are. A family. Yes, that's right. So yeah, you're okay, absolutely right. Sorry. And there's so you know that, and, and it just I think we've talked about this on shows past. Is it does start with the mindset, and so I try and talk about a lot of that because it does take mental toughness to get on that bike. Because when you fall down, I had one person in class that had been out practicing. She already has her own motorcycle and it had her husband taken her out to practice. And she said, she said, well, I dropped my bike five times already. And so that was the mental plague she had. She was nervous in cor- cornering. She was nervous in the curve. She was nervous in the U-turns, you know, and every time I had a conversation with her, it was because she's laid the bike down before. And I said, you know, you've got to envision going through this exercise and not laying the bike down. And guess what? She never laid the bike down the whole entire time in class. Well, that's great. And, so, and by letting her know that she can envision it, to be able to have a vision, imagine it in her head about completing the course without laying down the bike, because what most people probably or might do is focus on laying the bike down. Oh, I gotta, I've, I've laid it down five times. Well, what are you focusing on? Right. You're focusing on laying the bike five times, down five times. And so what's going to happen? You're going to lay the bike down a sixth time. Right. But when you focus on completing and getting through the exercise Correct. without putting the bike down and you see yourself put your feet down at right. the end of the exercise, then it happens. Right. And you can Success. Do it. And that's the confidence builder that you're talking about. Absolutely. It, so it, and it just There's really is... a lot involved with that. I'm going to write a book about it one day. Maybe Dutch will help me. Okay. Maybe I'm get counting Brian on to that. Yeah. I got plenty great. of people in my life. You do. You can certainly make it happen. And I, I encourage you to do that because I know there's a lot of wisdom there that you have. For, oh, so how nice you are. You know, and the, the other aspect, there was another writer in the class that, um, you know, she was a little bit older than me, which is not that big of a deal, but she was, she, she came out die hard two days and then realized after the full half day on the range and then the rest of it in the classroom which was a really it's a long day and I let them know that day is a very long exhausting day she was extremely exhausted it wasn't sore from riding which oftentimes happens um, but she just didn't realize the physicality of being a motorcyclist either and and maybe it's not just the physical part because we know it's physical especially being out there in the heat like that the heat's going to be draining alone I know if I'd be out there all day I'd come home and I'd lay down there's no doubt about it sure you can even do that when you're riding so it is a good test prior to even going riding but it could have also been the mental sometimes the mental aspects can be more fatiguing or just as fatiguing as the physical that's true absolutely right and now that you, t- you mentioned that you know her personality is she was struggling with her mindset and mental abilities the entire day so i would imagine not just the physical part of it but she was battling kind of that emotional side too and that is draining extremely draining so so you know i want to give a shout out to people if you're thinking if you got some issues maybe you got some low self-esteem maybe you need to be uh build confidence in your life maybe you need to be more assertive if you got some of those things and i don't know why i'm saying this but i am (laughs) hey go out sign up for deb's class and just take the motorcycle class just to get some of those things. Because if you get that under your belt, guess what? You've conquered some things. You've right. got some things in the plus column, the win column. The win, right. So That's what go I was ahead and do it. Just a suggestion. Yeah, I agree. It's a great way to learn something new, to meet some different people in your life. Say and you did it. That's right. And it is it is a win. It's a huge win. And one thing that I like to give my students um, that very first night is that what a lot of people I think struggle with is that clutch hand. And I think I may have mentioned that before. Yes, you have. So I recommend that you work that exercise because those are muscles on that left hand that you don't typically use. Are you saying that out on the uh, range, is that what it's called? Yes. That you're seeing people have problems. Are they squeezing their hand? Are they moving their hand? Yeah, they're shaking their arm out, which just uh, sometimes I think frustrates it even more. here, Here, I have a solution. Okay. Let them use my clutch. Oh, no way. They wouldn't <laughs> anyway, even no. they wouldn't do one ride in the course. <laughs> Let's just keep going. Goodness I'm sorry. gracious. But That's yeah, funny. so they actually have you can actually see them do physically out there that it's bothering them. Yes. Why, why is that? Don't you teach them how to take it out of gear and sit in a neutral while they're sitting there? No. They're not supposed to because when really? you're in traffic, you're not supposed to be sitting in neutral. You're I supposed see. to be ready now, to roll. See, there you go. You missed out, you left out a very major part, part of, that. of that. Because it really makes a difference. Because now what you're saying is the whole time they're on the course, they gotta have the clutch in. Well, 
Well, the whole I mean, time they're on the course, I can see how my forearm might start getting a little bit tight. I doubt it because you know. Well, I mean, their exercises are I going for thirty minutes, and the majority of that they're riding, but they're not sitting on the range doing nothing with their clutching for all that time. No, but they're sitting in line. So you're telling yes. me that if they sit in line, they better have it in the clutch rather than sitting in neutral. Yes, that's absolutely okay. right. Well, that that's that explains a lot. But their clutch is nothing close to what your clutch is, or even my clutch is on that. I for understand, that matter, but that's so. not the point. The point no. is, is that you're squeezing, you're pulling Correct. your wrist, your forearms, and you're holding that in. Correct. And no matter how long you know you do it, I don't know, you care who you are. Maybe uh, Lou Ferrigno or Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, or Chuck or Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Maybe they could do it with no problem for they, hours, I, but I still think they'd have a tough they'd time. They'd probably have a tough Muscles time. Muscles get tired. Muscles get fatigued. That's right. And, you know, no that where, you I, where I see that Except happening, which is a good clue for those that are out riding, is that when you start to not pull your clutch fully in, when you're in that neutral spot, you know, that's what I started to watch is all of a sudden they're, they're stalling the motorcycle because they're not the strength to pull and bring that clutch all the way back in because those muscles are sore and tight after the second day, all of a sudden you start to see performance changes. And again, those are things that if you're always doing a mental review of your riding, those are things that you will want to make sure and pay close attention to. So you're not out on the road fatigued and not able to get home safely. Well, then I have a message for you and all the coaches out there. Maybe you should put together a pre-checklist or something, a some kind of thing that they can have prior to their class. You already know a lot of times when these people are signing up, maybe they sign up weeks ahead or days ahead. So maybe in those days or weeks ahead, actually, maybe when they sign up, they should get a squeeze ball, you know, with uh, Rossiter's Holler-Davidson on it or something like that. That's a great idea. I would talk, or, you know, I'll maybe, recommend Maybe them. it could be the shape of your head. Maybe it could be a picture of your head, Deb. Really? And that way they even take it on the course. If they get irritated with you, they can really squeeze that ball. I would buy a dozen of them. I know you would. And you better watch it because Rush is going to like chew you out all over the place. That guy doesn't scare me. (laughs) He's up there in freezing cold Michigan. He can stay there. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you'll get the text blowing up. Leave her alone. He's nobody, man. Yeah, I don't think so. So there's always, you know, the one thing about riding is you're absolutely right. If we connect it to all the different aspects of life, there is so much more to it than riding just a motorcycle. Yeah, so get out there. Hey, that's right. That's what this this part of what the show is all about. We want to encourage you to get out and ride if you're not currently riding. And if you are, we want to encourage you to more to ride. And actually, let me mention this for a second while we're on the air. It just came to me. Okay. We're looking for talent. Oh, yeah. We are looking for radio talent. Biker Life Radio is looking for radio talent. If you think you have a talent for the radio, then you need to contact us. Get a hold of us through Biker Life Radio on our Facebook page or go out to the ChuckInDebShow.com and send us a message. We'll be interviewing people for up-and-coming spots on our show. So if you think you've got it what it takes, then let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, it's got to be. It doesn't necessarily have to be around biking, but it is preferred. Okay, right now we need right. people, more people biking. Like, for instance, if you're a mechanic, we'd love to have you Absolutely on the show. Absolutely right. If you can talk, you know, if you're a gearhead. And you want to get out there, you want to share with people how to do different things, how to fix their motorcycles. There's a lot of people out there that will listen to this show just to hear what you have to say. Right. So each a- and every one of you out there has your own skill. You actually, believe it or not, most of you out there are your own, very own expert. Yes, that's right. We can right. help you with that if you don't believe you are. We can help you find out that expert within you. Yes. Um, so, you know, we're looking for talent. If you think you have what it takes, you think you want, you want to be on the show with us, you you like to have fun, then you need to reach out to us, okay? Where Absolutely now, right. Dan? Well, there was one more um, video. Um, I don't even know how to really, like, talk about this. So there was one more viral video. I think that probably our listeners, if they haven't Well, found before it, you go into it, let's okay. make sure we set the scene because right. this is our WTF. We yes. haven't done this in a while. We we did it uh, oh, months ago. Yeah. Uh, what, it was a segment we called WTF. What the freak? Yep. What the freak? And, and this so is this will freak. fall into what the freak show. Yeah. Absolutely right. All right. So Sorry. set the stage there. You were setting the stage. I don't know where to set the stage. Let, all right, I'll set the stage. We oh, used thanks. to actually live out in Arizona. And so this this show comes from Tempe, Arizona. Yep. And uh, I don't know if people have heard about it yet. 
Okay. But there is, they do a lot of graffiti. They're having problems in Tempe. Uh, and they actually apparently do a really good job of keeping up on the graffiti in Tempe. So there's a lot going up. And sometimes they can get the graffiti down in a couple of hours. But it's a big thing. And they, they're having a hard time keeping up with it. Well, now there's a new graffitist. Is that a word? A new artist. A new artist. In the world of graffiti. The new graphic artist. Graphic anyway. artist. Yeah. Yeah. Graffiti <laughs> artist. Because yeah. this is pretty graphic, maybe. Yeah. And so there's a lot of people a little bit upset about what we're going to tell you here about what's going on there. And it is Penis Man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> penis man is being, uh, what is that called? Tatted or what it marked all over? Yes. Oh, he's I can't get the got right his mark. Down. He is. He's just like, he's graffitiing his penis man logo it, emblem. No, it's not an image. Okay. No, it's just the words. Just the word. Penis man. Yep. On everything uh, that he can. And so they've got a map and they're showing wherever this guy's getting all over Tempe in the area around. Are yes. you saying something? He, yeah. He's had about 40 tags in that there area. Tags. 40 that's tags. And um, what's interesting is, you know, anyone that's lived in a major metropolitan city probably is familiar with how this all works. So, um, yeah, there are 40 tags and they cannot find Penis yep. Man. Here, we got to go. We're getting short on time. But here's something I want to leave you with. What I found very interesting when I was watching a newscast, the guy was talking about it could be a very small misdemeanor or a very large felony. <laughs> and he was talking all about Penis, penis man. man. All right, let's wrap it up, Deb. All right, so be sure to follow us on BikerLifeRadio.com and on our Facebook cha- uh, fa- Facebook page, Biker Life Radio. All right, thanks a lot for joining us. We really appreciate you, and we want to see you at Bike Night and Thunder by the Bay. Contact us if you got talent. See you soon. You've been listening to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb, heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. right here on 1490 AM, WWPR. We thank you for listening and invite you to join us next week.